This is the Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. Where hip hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Like my name was Michael Jacket. I'm running circles right now when I get on the track. The aim make the game praise. I'm just giving it back. Cause the fiction in the world of fiction bringing the fact. They're trying to miss my point. They keep their ego intact. We'll see who lasts last. When you see the slug crack and you can't take it back. So how you going at? Spitting monkey bars. Got a king on flow. That'll make your brain blast. Even if you're down. Got them going crazy. Living in the world of wishing. Make them want to catch a fairy light. Then we turn the flow. Why so live when we come through with the beat drop? Ain't no telling what we gon' do. When the dojo bass kicking like combo. See you starting to fly. Trying to hit the beat like Costo. Yeah, dope. God bless you when I'm coming at you. As far as night, the nose I'm running. Gonna need some tissue. Say I'm thinking too high. Going over their head that they don't understand. I'm feeling like Yankee without the emoji. I got them prayer hands and I'm blessing the fam. God said, let there be light. So I'ma shine on them, shine on them real quick. Everyday people get lost in the face. So let me guide them to the realness. It's hard to make up what's already been written. So I don't see how they don't feel this. I'm on fire for him and the truth is legit. I point to the light in the sky yelling, let there be have you ever been to Hell's Gate? Are you still there looking for the key on the gold chain? 76 on this new rap. Emancipate the modern slave because the whole game soundtracked. Mediocre for the kiddie, yo. Fake live smoke streams at the lens for the video. Hypnotized for the stereo. 
Please, Mr. Gatekeeper, liberate the radio. Listen, everybody comes, they chicken. Before the eggs hatch and the sit down eating. That's why the industry's so consumed with pretending. Spending money on the preparation, image by Lord. Everyone's gonna know my name. That's the bank club with your man control by fame. Yeah, we're different, but we all could be tamed. Got the corp and these barrels all fly the same. So, double check the mind. We all born blind. Becoming who we meant to be is hard to find. So, we feel like the eggs are kind. Just break shit up for life. Don't exile, right? Born on the left side. Our dreams are fossil, so we watch time. Our skill Picasso, so we print rhymes. Our silk colossal with a flame top. Oh, Lord. My funny mind, my technique, Gazi. My whole nation, Gong Kamikaze. No more role models, just paparazzi. Giving crack and soundtracks and killing our kids. Everybody, listen up. You made for much better, go get it now. Designed in the image of the most high. You build and I'm left in a state of wonder. Change my name and you call me over. Out of the deep, out of the dark. Elect, exile, and I'm running now with the roaring sound. Elect, exile, breaking out, devastating the lie with my thunder. Elect, exile. My life ain't looking like my dreams no more. Getting harder than a brother's ever seen for sure. Throwing up real prayers like, oh my lord. Over another word, then it's cutting like a sword. All my homies right behind me. Walking on a tight road, we all I want to call. And of course, I've been walking on a narrow path. It's a narrow alley with some scattered trash. I'm an average dude with a tattered past. Blacker than most, but I'm glad you laugh. Cause the light gotta shine, and I know I might blind, but it make it change size like Stacy Dash. Dark delight. That's that Sammy Sosa. Even when the cops trying to pull me over. Got faith, I don't need a four-leaf clover. Even when I'm broke as a drug and I really ain't got no hope. And I know how to swim, but I really can't float. Then they come right beside me and they get that boy boy like, woo Walking on water, but I living on a coast. I was in the east, it was going to be more. But he walked up behind me and he get a boy cold like, Trying to strip away my drive. I'm a 
Listen and turn it in my sleep and gon' cut it. I'm finna take Genesis to Revelation. In your face, I'm a shovel. Yup, there ain't no quitting me. Nobody. I roll with the best man. Thank God for my team. Yeah, buddy. Doing life with your bar. I know I'm way, way better than all of my endeavors. Bring your friends along for this ride, man. Something sort of like David Getter. Uh, infinite energy on my hand. All right. You're throwing these punches, but I'm swell fast away. Bobbing and weaving. Bobbing and weaving. Let's declare the winner, son. Adversity is trying to knock me out, but it can hardly land a punch. <laughs> Steady throwing punches, trying to knock me out. It ain't gonna happen. You know it. You think you got me gonna thinking that I'm tired now? Please don't just get started. I can go a hundred rounds. 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 You know? I can go a hundred rounds. 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 It's a royal every day. My enemies are trying to get me everywhere. The Lord is my source. So His love was so perfect, yeah. I was the worst and yeah. had to depend on his mercy. I'm not French, he wrote nah. me in his net, New Jersey, New Jersey. He said we related, but separated, diverging, diverging. And what was his love? The moment I opened the door, was broken and floating along. In the ocean of hopelessness, know who I'm rolling, he opened his arms. Put his name on me, and his grace on me. Yeah. Let your love. Just rain on me, let it rain when on me. When I tell you love rain down, man, it literally came down. Just look at his grace. The cup that he drunk, that's what love tastes like. Flip water, the rest don't taste right. This ain't no foolery. This ain't no foolery. They beat him so brutally. Beat him so brutally. Tell Tina they're turning to him and show you what his love got to do with it. Painted so beautifully. Never known a love like this. Like what? That real love, not Mary J. You just feel love. But life laid down and got killed, love. Then he rolls up, that's that real love. Yeah. Protect and keep, that's that shield love. Yeah. Zip lock, that shield love. Yeah. And he coming back, what a steel love. And it rang, rang. Yeah, ayy. Just another kid from the ghetto. By the age of 12, we were smoking cigarellos. Taught me how to grind, here's a mower and a shovel. Taught me speak my mind, that's why I never wear a muzzle. Listen, real is real, it's something that they know. Gotta earn respect, ain't something you pay for. We ain't never had nothing but dreams and play clothes. That's why my cousin hit that bank, like give me them pesos. I, yeah, got caught, so it wasn't worth it. Yeah. One shot. Lord have mercy, that was grace, I ain't deserving, yeah, one shot, Lord have mercy. Never grew up in a Christian home, I knew that God exists, just had to find him on my own, and I never been afraid to approach a man and say I'm wrong, found to take a real man to come and bow before the throne. Trying to make a classic in the zone, school classes never caught my interest, was skipping first period. Baby mama called and said she missed the period Got the tools to start a family So we started building Yeah, yeah. On the grind yeah. Always working Yeah, yeah. One yeah. shot yeah. Lord have mercy yeah. On the spot I was never nervous Yeah One shot 
Lord have mercy. I pray they find faith up in the Lord. Held back for so long, we getting close to moving forward. You can never be in the same room as light and dark ignored. You can't tell me not to hustle when the past is making forms. Uh, just my perspective said the church, the Lord's bride. What if somebody said, homie, you cool, but I hate your wife? Let's be honest, you'll probably take them under. Guess the point I'm trying to make. You can't love one and hate the other, man. Real, rough time. That's what made me first. One shot, Lord have mercy. Better man, it's never perfect. One shot, Lord have mercy. Fresh up off that plane, fresh down in my city. Just flew around the world with this bird on my feet. Next stop is the hood. We hope you enjoyed the music mix. Now we have a gospel message by Pastor Merritt Robinson. This morning, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 through 16. Title of my message is The Blessing of Godly Repentance. The Blessing of Godly Repentance. And so Paul says, we are being afflicted, and it's for your consolation and salvation. And if we are being consoled, it is for your consolation which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we are also suffering. 
And so Paul has indicated previously, and he restates it once more, that he is willing to sacrifice. He is willing to go through uh, affliction for the consolation of the church. And so the ministry which Paul had was not to benefit himself. It was not for his benefit financially. It was not for his own self-glory. He paid dearly to be a minister, even to the point of death in some cases. But why was Paul a minister for the Lord? Number one, he was called. If you read through all the letters, again, Paul talks about himself being what? He calls himself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a, a, a doulos, a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he did it because he was called. He also did it because he wanted to honor the Lord. He wanted to bring glory to the Lord. He wanted people to know that Jesus Christ was God, that he was Savior. He wanted to bring honor to the Lord. Remember, Paul said this in Philippians, for me to live is Christ. He did everything for Christ and for his glory. But thirdly and lastly, the reason Paul was a minister, the reason he was willing to sacrifice is because he wanted to see others come to salvation as he himself had come to know the Lord. Remember that Paul met Jesus Christ on that Damascus road. And at that time, his life was changed and transformed. And at that moment in time, Paul said that he was willing to give up all, even though he was a Pharisee, that he was a Jew of all Jews, even though he was righteous before the Lord. He was willing to give up all that he had in Judaism so that he might come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He wanted others to know the Lord as Savior. He wanted the church here specifically in Corinthians to come and know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why he was willing to sacrifice for the Lord. But then he goes on at verse six and says, but God who consoles the downcast consoled us by the arrival of Titus and not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was consoled about you as he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me so that I rejoiced still more up until this point Paul he was downcast because as he had preached to the church for that time that he was in Corinth as he had written letter after letter after letter it seemed that the church had turned its back on Paul and so Paul was down he was downcast because of what he had heard what he had received but Here's the thing. We have to realize the letters that he had written to the church and the response that he had gotten back to the church from the church. And he says this, even though all of these things were happening, there was one who consoled me. And you know who that one was? It was God. Note again what he says at verse six. But God who consoles the downcast, he consoled us by the arrival of Titus. See, Whenever you are going through any situation of circumstance and it brings anxiety and distress, it brings about suffering. There is one who knows what you are going through and it is the Lord and he will bring consolation to you. The other week I spoke to my nephew who's in uh, college. He goes to Biola University and I called him uh, because I was just thinking about him and that 
I called him and then we began to talk and he, and I asked him, how are things going? He said, you know what, Unc, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. School is hard. He goes, I feel like to a certain extent, I'm just here by myself. Like I don't have anybody that I can count on. And he was just going through and he was lamenting and he seemed really down. And he goes, I guess I shouldn't be down because I know the Lord is with me, but it just doesn't feel like it. And I said, you know what, though, Moses, the Lord is with you. And I said, even though it seems difficult and hard and even though there is distress and you are behind and all of these things, I said, the Lord is with you and you should give thanks to the Lord. I said, because first and foremost, you're in a great situation you are going to school for free. He's, he's, in essence, his schooling is being pay, paid for. I said, you're going to a great school. It's being paid for. You're meeting people that you never, ever would have met. You're in a program that you're being blessed by. I said, be thankful to the Lord in the situation and the circumstance that you're in. Yes, it's difficult, but the Lord will be with you as you go through. And at one point in time, you are going to graduate and you're going to look back and you're going to say, yes, it was difficult, but God was with me. It's kind of like what the scripture said, if God be for me, who can be against me? And so we know that God brings consolation as you are going through this life. He will be the one who brings you consolation through all circumstances and situations that you face. Even when you are downcast, God will be the one who brings consolation to you. And so God is the one who can bring consolation to you. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. He says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the father of what? Of mercies and the God of all consolation who consoles us in all our affliction. I tell you what. Everything that you go through on this life, there is one who will console you. And it says here, it is God, the father of mercies. He is the one who consoles us in all our affliction so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction with the consolation with which we ourselves are consoled by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also are consoled. Consolation is abundant through whom? Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. And so God brings consolation to us. But here's the thing I also know, that consolation also comes through others. And note what Paul says. He says, yes, God brought about consolation, but the arrival of Titus. And Titus was a fellow worker, a co-laborer with Paul. See, there's others who are going to come to you during your times of distress, and they are going to be able to bring about consolation. They will be able to encourage you to stay faithful. There are times where we are able to console others. And I go back to my nephew being able to share with him. And hopefully I encouraged him so that as he goes on these next weeks, these next months, these next years, he will remember that you know what? The Lord is with me, even during my difficult times. And so Paul goes on and he says this at verse eight. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, and again, which letter is he talking about? 
It was the third letter that he wrote to the Corinthian church. It was a letter that is lost. Remember, his very first letter to the Corinthian church is lost. His second letter that he wrote is what we now know as 1 Corinthians. The third letter that he wrote, the third letter is lost. But now the fourth letter is the letter that we are currently reading, which is known as 2 Corinthians. The third letter that Paul wrote was a letter of sorrow. Again, there were individuals who read the letter and they were sorry that they had written, that they had read that letter. It brought about condemnation for some, but there were others who said, Paul is right. These individuals who were coming into the church, who were questioning his integrity, they are wrong, but Paul is right. But there were others who were saying, no, Paul is not a man of integrity. He is not called by God. He is not an apostle. And so this letter made those who were at the church sorry. But Paul says this, but I do not regret writing that letter. He says, I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I see that I grieved you with that letter, though only briefly. But now I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because your grief did what? It led to repentance for you felt a godly grief so that you were not harmed in any way by us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret but worldly grief produces death for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you what eagerness to clear yourselves what indignation what alarm what longing what zeal what punishment at every point you have proved yourself guiltless in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not on account of the one who did the wrong, nor on account of the of the one who has wrong, but in order that your zeal for us might be made known to you before God. And in this we find comfort. Paul's letter initiated some things within the life of the church. Again, he says this, it brought about repentance. It turned them from sin to righteousness. And see, if I write a letter and it grieves you, but yet leads you to repentance, I'll be okay with that. I will be okay with that. If it brings grief, and sometimes when we talk to individuals, when we share things with individuals, sometimes it's difficult and hard on them, is it not? But if it brings repentance and a change in their heart and a change in the way they lead their lives, I want to bring grief. I'd rather you turn to righteousness than continue in your ways of darkness. And see, if we allow someone to continue on in sin, do we really love them? No, we don't. See, I'd rather... It hurt your feelings for a little bit. And that's what Paul says. It brought grief for a little bit of time. But yet it would lead to your eternal salvation. And so Paul's letter led to repentance. It also led to salvation. See, when somebody repents, when they turn from their sin, it leads to their eternal salvation. And so Paul says, I'm glad that I wrote the letter because it led to your repentance. And secondly, it ultimately is going to lead to your salvation, your eternal salvation. It's going to turn you from sin, from darkness, from death to light and eternal salvation. And so 
That was the second thing that this letter brought. But the third thing it brought was this, the realization of their error and a newfound zeal for righteousness. I want to see people live righteously. I want to see people live for the Lord. I want to see them walk in a manner worthy of the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. I want that. And so I will be glad to tell you when you are in error so that all of these things occur. And so Paul says, I wrote this letter. I am sorry that it grieved you, but ultimately it did its job. It was effective because you repented. You are now on your way to salvation and you are living righteously. And so the church's response brought comfort to Paul. Note what he says at the beginning of verse 13. In this, we find comfort. I am comforted to know that there has been a change and a transformation in your heart. He was pleased to know that they had responded favorably. And then he goes on in the second part of verse 13 and he says this. And in addition to your own consolation, we rejoice still more at the joy of Titus because his mind has been set at rest by all of you. Verse 14, for if I have been somewhat boastful about you to him, I was not disgraced. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting to Titus has proved true as well. And his heart goes out all the more to you as he remembers the obedience of all of you and how you welcomed him with fear and trembling. And so Paul says that we again have been consoled by the report of Titus. This report of Titus was a blessing to Paul. See, Paul, he had bragged about this church. And see, just like a parent brags about their children, Paul bragged about this church to others. He said, my children in the faith, they are faithful. My children in the faith, they are people of righteousness. My children of the faith, they are going to stay faithful and remain consistent and dedicated unto the Lord. And so Paul had bragged about the church at Corinth. And see, here's the thing. Titus was able to confirm the things stated by Paul with his visit. As he got to the church, he was able to say, Paul, you are absolutely right. You are right in the things that you have said about the church. See, the church obviously had responded to Paul's instructions and they were obedient in following the instructions of Paul. But additionally, they were very, very welcoming to the one that Paul had sent, that being Titus. See, Titus got to the church and he received a warm welcome from the church. He was not denied. He was not rejected, but he was embraced by the church. And so when he, when Titus went back to Paul, he said, Paul, everything you said about the church was true. They were so loving and so welcoming. They embraced me. And see, that demonstrates that the things that Paul had taught and instructed had been taken in. They had been taken in by the church and they had been applied. Here's the thing that I want for each and every one of us here this morning. I want you to take this instructions of the Lord. I want you to apply it to your life. And I want people to say, I see Christ in them. I am pleased to see Christ in them. I want them to be able to say, you know what? 
all the things that people have said about them are true because I see it reflected in their lives. Thank you for listening to the message from Senior Pastor Merritt Robinson. If you would like further information about the ministry of Infinite Christian Fellowship, please go to www.infinitechristian.com. Once again, that is www.infinitechristian.com. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sis. If you can hear through hip-hop, then hear this. Here it is, fresh off the presses, here to lift souls and clear all depression. Uh. Cause I know what it's like when the sun's all shining, but your soul feels night. Feels like you're caught under gloom's dark presence with a little light shining like the moon's sharp crescent. Talk about it. How many days going by when I said I was going to win and I ain't even try? I wake up at half court, the day is half gone, time left on the board is mad short. Rushing my shots, I hurry out the door, I don't pray, I don't take my worries to the Lord. How much time does it take to run the floor? Get the stopwatch, or maybe I should stop and watch. The Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Welcome to the sports segment, where we cover the best of the week in sports and shine the spotlight on the brighter side of professional competition. Fasten your seatbelts, because we're getting started. First up is Sports Express, Infinite Flow's top headlines in under 60 seconds. After being hailed as a miracle worker earlier this week for praying for and laying hands on a fan who was having a seizure and passed out, Tim Tebow says he isn't taking credit for performing any miracles and was just doing what all Christians are called to do, be there for people. When reports surfaced about the 29-year-old Scottsdale Scorpions baseball player laying hands on a fan named Brandon, some who witnessed the event called it a miracle. While Tebow acknowledged that God was perfectly capable of performing a miracle, the Christian athlete insisted that nothing was done in his own strength. After losing three preseason games in a row, Jeremy Lin got practical advice from one of his closest family members. The Brooklyn Nets point guard was advised by his grandmother, Lin Chu Amwen, to contribute more points to the team. Lin shared on Facebook that he had lunch with his grandmother. She told me to shoot more, the 28-year-old superstar said. And this has been Sports Express, Infinite Flow's top headlines in under 60 seconds. And now, plays that made you say, whoa, Infinite Flow's top five countdown. Number five, Dodgers at the Nationals, NLCS, bottom of the ninth, Kershaw on the mound, Defoe at the plate. Here's the call. The pitch to Defoe. Swung on and missed, strike three. Dropped by Ruiz, throws to first, and the Dodgers are going to Chicago. The Dodgers come from behind to win three games to two. Number four, Dodgers at the Cubs, bottom of the ninth, line drive to first. Anthony Rizzo with the catch, quick throw to Addison Russell to secure the Cubs' victory. Here's the call. Number three, Blue Jays at the Indians, NLCS, game one, Marco Estrada on the mound, Francisco Lindor at the plate, here's the call. The pitch, Lindor with a high drive, deep right center, Pilar going back at the wall, it is gone! Francisco Lindor has his second postseason home run, and it's 2-0 Indians as Lindor literally skips to the Indians' third-base dugout. Number two, Dodgers at the Cubs, 3-1 to one Chicago, top of the ninth, bases loaded for Adrian Gonzalez. Here's the call. That's in the center field, the base hit. 
One run scores. Fowler can't make the play. This game is tied. Gonzalez delivers. Number one, Dodgers at the Cubs. Three to three, bottom of the eighth. Bases loaded for pinch hitter Miguel Montero. Here's the call. And this has been plays that made you say, whoa, Infinite Flow's top five countdown. And now it's time for, he called it like that, Infinite Flow's exciting call of the week. Eagles at the Redskins, 14 to nothing Redskins, second quarter. Eagle returner Wendell Smallwood takes this kickoff for a huge 86-yard touchdown. Here's the call. Smallwood on the return. Across the 30 to 40. Midfield, Smallwood still going. All the way to the end zone for an Eagles touchdown. 86 yards. And now it's time for our Did You Know segment. Facts, figures, and head scratchers. Did you know that Wrigley Field, which was built in 1914, is the second oldest ballpark in the majors behind Boston Fenway Park? built in 1912, the friendly confines has been the site of such historic moments as Babe Ruth's call shot, Ernie Banks' 500th career home run, and Pete Rose's 41-91 career hit. Did you know that Wrigley Field was once known as Wiegum Park and was built on the grounds once occupied by a seminary? Did you know that the original vines at Wrigley Field were purchased and planted by Bill Veek in September 1937? Veek strung bittersweet from the top of the wall to the bottom, then planted the ivy at the base of the wall. Did you know that the bleacher wall is 11 and a half feet high? The basket attached to the wall was constructed in 1970. And finally, did you know that Ernie Banks' uniform number 14 and Ron Santos number 10 are imprinted on flags which fly from the right field foul pole? Billy Williams number 26 and Ryan Sandberg's number 23 fly from the left field foul pole. And this has been our Did You Know segment, facts, figures, and head scratchers. And now it's time for the final buzzer with Infinite Flow's Miguel Mendoza. Tim Tebow was recently in the news once again, not necessarily for his triumph on the field, but for what he did for a fan before a game. Tebow, who was signing autographs for fans prior to a baseball game, said he noticed something wrong with one of the fans when his facial expressions changed. The man had a seizure and collapsed to the ground. Tebow reportedly stayed with the fan while paramedics arrived and prayed for him. I don't know what the situation was, said Tebow in rejecting credit for what the media has hailed a miracle. But I know that the God that I get to serve is the God that is always performing miracles in people's lives every day, all the time. He said, as a Christian, that's the hope that we get to live by, is that we get to serve a God that does amazing things every single day. What an example of faith at work. During a time in which our culture mocks those in the limelight who practice their Christian faith, Tebow again and again has not been afraid to talk about and give credit to the God of his life. That's been the story of his career, which is more than likely the reason why Tebow has been the target of a barrage of secular attacks from the media. From the mockery of Saturday Night Live to numerous dislikes from ESPN commentators and haters worldwide, Tebow has stood firm despite the animosity. Despite the attacks from calls even from numerous Christians worldwide to quote, tone it down, Tebow has used the spotlight that he's been given to shout even louder the precious name of Jesus. In contrast, while others have applauded Colin Kaepernick's kneel to protest during the national anthem, those who applaud his protest 
are the same people who also rejected Tim Tebow's kneel of gratitude and thanksgiving towards God for his on-field heroics. This undoubtedly shows the sharp double standard of our secular culture who celebrates sex, drugs, gangs, alcoholism, and lawlessness to name a few, while rejecting any form of true Christian worship, such as a professional athlete simply living his faith and giving credit to the driving force in his life. To the Tim Tebow's in the workplace, at home, at school, or on the amateur field or court, keep on standing firm in the faith. As Paul the Apostle once wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And that, my friends, is the final buzzer. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We will have new episodes every two weeks, so come back and join us for the Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect.